I'll definitely bring up your uh, your art, mm-hmm. your cooking, because you throw down. Okay. I see you throwing <laughs> down. And um, I even saw you dance. I'm like, what in the, like, you, why do you do so much stuff? So <laughs> I'm like, okay, she's doing choreography too. So um, I'll, <laughs> I'll talk about that as well. Definitely. I'm definitely an artist. Yeah, I can't deny that. I'm definitely an artist. Cool Hand Podcast, something you got to deal with. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host. My name is Q. We have a special guest in the building. And um, let me just give a little uh, a little prelude to this. For this guest, this is probably the, the least I've known a guest ever on the show. I got to give a shout out to my, to my cousin, Matt, who uh, I mentioned him before on the show. And uh, he's really the common denominator with this interview. So I got to shout you out. Uh, shout out to Matt. Um, guest, can you please introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Whitney Dallas. I am uh, live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm an artist here in Atlanta, Georgia. Whitney Dallas, round of applause. <laughs> All right, Whitney. Thank you for uh, for coming on. Welcome to the show. It's nice to have you. Um, I just want to start this you, off. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's always <laughs> nice to have a new guest. Um, I want to start this off by saying. I'm petrified by you. I am, I'm scared of you. Uh, because as I was doing my research, uh, AKA scrolling through your Instagram accounts. Um, and we said this before we were recording, you do just about everything. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, like, I don't even know where to start uh, with this person. I don't know, but um, I'm intimidated. I'm petrified. Uh, just know that this whole time that we're, that we're talking today that you don't need to be bro you don't uh, i am not that fantastic i'm not at all i'm incredible (laughs) i just just do things i like to do and you know i just enjoy them (laughs) you could enjoy everything you want i am horrified i'm horrified so uh whitney let's uh let, let's start back in the day now. What do you do? What all do you do as uh, as, cre- as a creative person? All right. Um, well, big thing is art, as you can probably see already with a couple of pieces I have up there. Um, art and dance were actually my two first creative outlets. Um, I've always enjoyed drawing since I was little. And I've been dancing since I was three years old. So I, I basically... Dance was my, I guess you could say, career for the longest time, um, including when I graduated high school, I started teaching dance at a dance studio. So, oh, wow. um, <laughs> and uh, as far as art goes, I started taking art classes, like official art classes in high school. Um, I'd always get like the draw books, you know, like the step-by-step draw books from the library before that. But um, high school is when I started taking art classes. And then I went to college for art. Actually, I got a just a basic bachelor's in studio art, but her being modest, a basic bachelor's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, Whitney. All right. So, so you do a lot. And, um, and, and the one other thing that, uh, we're going to talk about both of those things. Um, but the other thing is, uh, as I was doing my research is that you throw down some cooking. That's a that's a more recent endeavor, yes. Okay. Well, we <laughs> yeah. can talk about too. One of um one of the brothers I'm I'm close with in my congregation. He loves cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, used to go to their place for family worship before I was uh, married, and mm-hmm. uh, they were just always throwing down some crazy food. So, um, you know, I can appreciate a good meal. Uh, my wife Kayla and I we we try to hook some hook some food up, but your stuff is looking crazy. I, I see uh. <laughs> it's looking crazy. Uh, so let's uh, let's let's start back in the day. Now you're originally from Atlanta, Georgia, or the Georgia area. Sort of, kind of. I actually was born in Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. Um, but I only lived there till I was three, three or four. Um, and then we moved around kind of a lot when I was young because of my dad's job. So okay. we moved to Savannah after. I mean, Macon after that, and then Savannah, and then finally ended up here in Atlanta around. Oh gosh like 14, 15 years ago. So I've lived the longest in Atlanta. 
Okay, so so for the most part in Atlanta, and mm-hmm. and what did you guys? What was life like growing up in Atlanta? Now I lived there for you know some of my for about seven years, but you know I'm not from the South. I'm not from Atlanta. Tell me what what life was like. Um. Oh man, it's it's not well. It's, I live in a small town just outside of Atlanta, so I'm not like in the city. Um, it's and it's your basics. At least where I'm at, I'm like halfway between like countryside and then the city. So it's kind of like the best. I'm easy access to the best of both worlds. So I yeah. can drive 30 minutes and go to a corn maze, <laughs> or I can drive 30 minutes and I can be in downtown going to like the Coca-Cola Museum or the aquarium or go to see a concert or things like that. So I feel like where I grew up was like a nice central location. I got to, it allowed me to experience a lot like growing up. So you, 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 you had a diverse upbringing. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so the best sure. of both worlds. And um, so you talked about you were dancing since you were three. Did I get that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So how did that come about? So, well, my mom originally put me into dance classes okay. and I immediately like loved it immediately. Like I, <laughs> I honest, honestly, I still remember my first routine, like parts of it, mainly because we have a home video of it and we used to watch it kind of a lot, but I still remember my first routine. It was the bunny hop, you know, little okay. tap shoes and the bunny ears, three-year-old. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and we we were at a dance studio in um, in Savannah. Um, I, I really fell in love with tap there. Um, we had like a really good instructor who's, um, his instructor was actually Gregory Hines. So for anybody who's a dancer and knows, he's in the movie tap, really famous tap dancer, Gregory Hines was his instructor and he was trying to get a tap crew together in Savannah. And so I had to take like classes from him, which really helped me develop a love for, for like hoof and style tap, not so much Broadway, but hoof and style tap. Hoof and style tap. I'll have yeah, to that's like, that. think of it like street tap. That's like okay. Tap, yeah. Okay, I, I got. Um, yeah, more based on like getting in with the rhythms of the music rather than like arms and flashy and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, and then when we moved here to Atlanta, we actually found a studio that was owned by Witnesses. Okay. So I got a chance to like meet like a family that like all the daughters were dancers, and I was like, oh my gosh, I have people that I can really be friends with, you know? And <laughs> yeah. So um, and I I I like really took off dancing there because by then like I was getting in the more advanced classes because I was older and um even got a chance to compete for a couple of years with um their competitive team as well so oh wow so you were deeply endowed and you know in tap yes okay. now Steve <laughs> tap, do you st- all, oh, go all ahead styles. sorry sorry yeah yes yeah, like tap ballet jazz hip-hop all okay. of it yeah. all right because what I saw I saw you doing like a I don't know what video it was, what what time of the year, what year it was, but mm-hmm. it looked like I saw you like doing some type of, you know, interpretive dance. I don't know dancing too much, but it looked like you were doing pretty much everything. Like I saw like some hip hop and then like infused with like some ballet looking moves. So I think I know what piece you're talking about. So basically okay. like when I, when I graduated high school, I became the hip hop teacher at the studio. Um, and as I started like becoming better as a teacher and instructor and learning different styles of choreography, I discovered what they call lyrical hip hop. And basically it is a blend of my two favorite styles of dance, contemporary or lyrical, like that kind of genre and then Mm -hmm. hip hop. So I, that's my favorite style to choreograph in. Um, so it's like, you get some of the like hardness and the rawness of hip hop, but then it's like smoothed out by some of the contemporary moves. So it gives you a broader range of the styles of songs you can choreograph to, I think. Okay. Yeah, it looked good. I'm like, I never seen anything like this before. I'm like, mm-hmm. I didn't know there was a, a a name to the style of dancing that you were mm-hmm. doing, but um, it's pretty cool. So uh, shout out to all the dancers. Um, I, I learned something new every time I'm talking to someone and because uh, I don't know too much about dance, honestly. Mm-hmm. So this is a uh, this is nice. Shout out to the contemporary dancers, the 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 lyrical interpreters, um, all <laughs> of that. And and you're still dancing today, maybe, you know, 
not to the extent of yeah but yeah i'm always dancing yeah uh, May, uh, the styles i do now are more so latin styles like salsa bachata merengue that kind of stuff so okay, it's, okay. Like, it's the more social dances you know like you don't exactly go to a party and start doing lyrical moves you know so, <laughs> so i keep up right. with like some of the the, a little bit of like the mainstream hip hop or the um, like African dance styles and stuff. I've been learning. I'm always learning new styles of dance. Like I'm, I don't think that's ever going to leave me. It's a big part of my life. Excellent. Excellent. Now, when it comes to, uh, we'll go in chronological order. So we got dancing down, you know, mm -hmm. we could come back to it later if there's anything more you'd like to say about it. Okay. Um, but let's move on to the art part of your life you said you started mm -hmm. doing art in high school yeah official classes in high school yeah okay so what, what's your history with art because i can see you know a couple things in the background there mm -hmm. um some pieces that you made um how did art come about in your life or uh drawing art painting stuff like that so um my one of my aunts on my mom's side actually was an artist in the family and sadly, she passed away before I could ever get to know her. But um, my mom had some of her drawings in the house and that inspired me to like start drawing myself really. Like she had pictures of animals. So I started drawing animals first. And when my parents saw that I had like a, like a skill in that area, they encouraged me to like, well, go get art books and watch videos. I used to watch these art programs on TV that taught mm -hmm. you how to draw things in the morning, things like that. And, um, when I got to high school, when you got to choose like your own classes, I was like, well, I'm definitely picking art. And that yeah. allowed me to get exposed to many different styles from like watercolor to like film photography to charcoal. And like, I got to experiment with a lot of things and figure out what I liked. So that by the time I got into college, I knew like exactly the medium or the style that I wanted to go with by then. Now, <laughs> I was on your art page, right? Um, I was on your art page and I'm, I'm going through and I see that your favorite medium is charcoal. Yes. But the, the problem was for me was I didn't know what a medium was. Now oh. I have, <laughs> check this out, check this out. Cause I, I don't try to be completely ignorant. I like to know a little bit of stuff, mm -hmm. you know, if it's a field I'm not familiar with. I have a paper that I didn't bring over here. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I'm really slacking, but um, I'm looking at it. It's sitting on our couch, but it has a list of basic art definitions. I, I printed out a list of art terminology, but it's okay. useless because it's over there. It's over there. It's over there. And I, yeah. So, um, well, you know, did, if you need any help with that, I got you throughout this. So, <laughs> thank you so much. So, um, uh, your favorite medium is, is charcoal. So um, talk about the different styles of art that you make. So um, I do a little bit of acrylic recently, as in since COVID started, I started doing acrylic paintings. Um, watercolor, a lot of watercolor. I like that medium a lot. Um, charcoal, pencil drawings, um, pen and ink drawings as well. And then after I graduated, I started getting into digital art a lot because that was becoming like the movement, like a lot more companies were requesting that. And like, even the organization was like, they weren't, they weren't wanting physical art anymore. They're like anything digital because everything, the whole industry of art, as far as from a yeah. business standpoint is going very digital. So that's been, the digital side has probably been about 60, 70% of the art that I've been doing ever since like 2015. Okay. Um, and when it when you talk about degree of difficulty, um, in my opinion, I'm not an artist or an art critic. But in my opinion, you seem pretty advanced. Um, when it comes to the degree of difficulty, uh, how long does it take or you know, the the amount of time you have to spend on something like watercolor, acrylic, uh, the digital art, how long does it take to get to a point where you can uh, feel comfortable putting yourself out there or even doing commissions? Um, 
A lot of that depends on your personal work ethic. The, the only way you improve in art is through practice. It's practice, practice, practice. And even for someone like me, who's been doing art for a long time, if I spend a month not doing any art whatsoever, I kind of have to retrain. Like I, my technique goes down a little bit, even yeah. if I don't, if I go like a month without drawing a thing or designing a thing. And so a lot of it depends on how much time and commitment you're putting into it. It's not that you have to like spend three hours every day making art, but it's mm. just every day taking the time to either be thinking about designs or actually sketching something. And the more practice you do, um, everybody's point where they feel confident is a little bit different. I've seen people that have started doing commission work at a point where I didn't feel confident doing commission work at all, but they were already out there and people are, are buying their stuff. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not always about like, who's looks the most realistic. It's like, if someone likes your style, they like your style. So that, I think that's the beauty of art is not everyone has to like look the same or be in the same manner, the same, even within the same field. Like if you do realistic drawings, like someone could like someone's realistic drawings more than someone else, just right. because of that's the, that's their style. Like everybody has a unique style in art, which I think is really, really cool. So for, for people that want to start like selling their own art, like you'd be surprised. There are many pieces that I feel like look like trash <laughs> and people go, I want that in my house or I want a copy of that. And it's like, so like, I, I always say like, Hey, the worst someone can say is no, if they don't let you know, or they yeah. won't even say anything at all. Like, um, just put yourself out there, you know, and the only way that you're going to grow and progress in that area is by taking that first step. So like, if you, 95% uh, of the time, you as an artist are going to feel, um, you're going to view your art as like subpar to what people want. And the thing I get reminded by every single time I post something or I, I, people ask me for commissions and I, and I give it to them and I see the look on their face, like something where I've stared at for so long and feel like it doesn't look good anymore. They feel like it's the most beautiful thing in the world <laughs> to them. So as an artist, you have to get out of your head and just get it out there. Like just, yeah. just put it out there and let, let the art do its thing. You know, like it has its voice and people are going some some person out there is going to like the voice of the piece that you put out. So there you have it. And at what point did you start doing commissions? How long after you were really learning art, did you start doing commissions personally? Um, around my senior year of high school, okay. um, I had learned, uh, that was, a, yeah, that was about like four years after officially taking classes but not four years after learning how to do portraits i actually only had learned how to do portraits for about a year and a half okay. and i found a technique that worked for me and people liked what they saw and and they felt that it looked good and so i started doing charcoal portraits um as my first kind of like commissioned pieces and so it's it doesn't have to take a long time you just, you find what works for you and then you start doing it. And then, yeah. All, right. All my artists out there, you know, you hear her. So um, <laughs> you're, you're my second artist. Um, well, I'll, I'll say um, uh, you're my third artist. Now we had my wife, she does art. She does, uh, you know, digital and, and different. She paints as well. Um, we have my man, Larry from up here. He, uh, he does a lot of commissions and things like that. Now you're my third one. So, um, and it's interesting to hear everybody's, different uh viewpoints on you know putting out their work and building the confidence and and mm -hmm. things like that now um while i was talking i forgot the next question i was going to ask so i'm going to uh <laughs> so what did you <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. we're real professional over here okay. and so what did you go to college for did you go to college for a uh, any type of artistic you know something like um, that any major like that i okay so honestly i originally went because i wanted to get a degree in graphic design okay um and 
So, you know, first two years of college, it's, well, first year of college is very much, you just got to get the prereqs out. You got to get all these basics. And even within art, the art department itself, everybody has to go through certain classes before you can start, like, um, sifting down into what you want to do. So by my second year, like my fourth semester, I was taking graphic design classes by then. And then you had to get a portfolio together of these specific classes and then present it to the board there. And then they would, they would like select who would make it into the graphic design program. And the thing is, it was very competitive in the school that I was in. Um, they only accepted about 25 students a year. And so I put all my stuff in, I did the best that I could and I left it in Jehovah's hands. Cause I was like, listen, if I get in, that means this is the right, this is the right place for me to go. Cause I'd been hearing a lot about like the, the mental toll it took on students to continue on in the graphic design program. Okay. And um, so I was like, if I get in, that's what it's meant to be. And if I don't get in, then I'm not supposed to get this and I'm not going to try again. Cause you had to wait another year to reapply. So I didn't get into the program. Oh. And I was like, well, I guess we're just going to be majoring in studio art. That's why I said, like, <laughs> it's just a bachelor's of studio art, because that's like the bait. That's like the the lowest oh, really? degree in the art in the art department. And okay. like after that, I did get asked by other teachers, um, like the drawing teacher and the life drawing teacher, like the portraits and bodies. They were like, you need to major in drawing. You need to major in drawing. And like. You know, the stereotypical starving artist career, <laughs> that is a life drawing artist. <laughs> that, is, that is what that is, is that you make all this art, you make all of it, and you hope and pray someone buys your pieces. Gotcha. <laughs> because that is how you eat. You sell one, that's your rent, your money for that month. So that's the, they were like asking me to really join and like major in that. And I was like, nah, guys, it's okay. I enjoyed this class. You've taught me a lot, but... Mm -hmm. I'm going to graduate because I just want to be done with college. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I, I know that has to be difficult and, you know, the amount of time it's time consuming. Mm -hmm. You got all sorts of different assignments. So, uh, you know, I went to a 10 month trade school. Okay. And mm -hmm. that was enough. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I couldn't imagine. <laughs> and I know I have friends who did two years of, uh, you know, two or three years of school, mm -hmm. but I did 10 months. I'm like, and I took it seriously. I was a horrible high school student, but I took <laughs> I took my trade school seriously and uh -huh. so I could get me some work. Um, and I'm like, man, this is taking a lot out of me. So I just couldn't imagine, you know, two, yeah. three, four years. So I'm sure you just wanted to get up out of there and yeah, yeah. Get, get it over with now. It was definitely the right decision to. <laughs> well, shout out to you for finishing, you know, yeah. <laughs> shout, shout out to you. For, I did finish. I did finish. I'm not a, I'm not an art school dropout. Okay? There but... we go. There we go. <laughs> There we go. You you finished. You committed yourself, and 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 here you are today. Yeah. Um, now going back to uh, your favorite medium. That's the word for today for for me. Yeah, this medium. is my word. For, <laughs> this is my word of the day. Um, charcoal. Now, what about that style uh, attracts you to it? Why is that your favorite? And this this is for the artists because I wouldn't mm -hmm. know. Um. I feel like charcoal in the in the dry any of the dry mediums like between pencil and pastels and all that kind of stuff. I feel like charcoal is the most forgiving. Um, it allowed me to make mistakes, but them not be permanent kind of thing. Um, and also when I was in school, okay, so I always thought charcoal were just these little compressed charcoal sticks they they draw really dark lines and you know I, I never thought I was like I don't like these they just get your hands dirty and they're like useless right mm -hmm. but in drawing classes in college we were required to use charcoal to do all of our drawings um so I started learning that there were different types of charcoal there's vine charcoal which is a lot softer and like you can use it to kind of sketch with charcoal and then you have the compressed and then you have charcoal pencils and and I learned about like the malleable erasers that look like clay, but they're erasers. Okay. And um, once I learned like that little world of charcoal, I was like, oh my gosh, I love this because you can blend so easily and you can get a really 
large depth of um, of values very quickly with charcoal. With pencil, it takes a little bit longer, and you have to have a lot more pencils. Um, but with charcoal, just it felt very natural for me to get into it. Like the way that you blended and and like the sketching with it, it just it became my my go to medium. Okay. And what are your other favorite styles of uh, creating art? Um, there's a, um, there, it's very hard to like rank them, but I also really love watercolor, wow. really love watercolor. I just, I love how that paint works on, I took a, a water-based media class and I fell in love with watercolor, um, specifically gouache. So like for the artists out there, you know, you have the watercolor paints, you have the gouache paints and you have acrylic paints. They're all water-based gouache. I feel like has better pigments. And so I like the colors that you can bring out um it looks like watercolor but technically it's called gouache gouache uh, yeah right. gouache that was on my sheet <laughs> over there spelled nothing like you think <laughs> okay there's no w there's no I, I don't know what language it comes from but give me wait hold on whitney we're ghetto today hold on <laughs> You got it. You got it now. All right. Cause I'm, pre I am, I'm 99% sure I saw that. And I, yep. Pigments around pigments ground in water and mixed with gum to form opaque watercolor. Gouache resembles school tempera. Is that, is that a tempera. word? Tempera paint or poster paint. And I remember seeing this, I was going over this and I'm like, goche, you know, guache, like <laughs> gouache. So, so it's nice that you said that. I, I learned another word. So yeah. we're, I learned two words today, medium and gouache. There you go. There you go. You're going to sound right. like a professional artist. Check me out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so thank you. Thank you for uh, for breaking that down. So char mm -hmm. charcoal, watercolor, and gouache. Those are... Uh, mm -hmm. uh, what, what, and also, what? I love digital now. That took a minute. Anybody who's a physical artist knows the struggle of going from physical paper to an iPad and having to draw like that. Like, it is the weirdest sensation to draw and not feel the paper or not feel the surface that you're drawing on. And then it not be, you know, it's just, it's slightly, it's just different. It took yeah. a long time for me to get used to it. But now... <laughs> the tables have kind of turned a little bit because I've gotten so used to the forgiveness of digital. I'll just undo. I'll just undo that. Or I can resize this here. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good. Whereas on paper, it's like you're one and done, you know, like yeah. you can't you can't go back. <laughs> yeah. As much. You can a little bit, but not as much. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of a lot of digital art. Um let's and I and I saw that as well with digital art, just staying on that for a second. Um when I say you're advanced or you seem, you know, pretty skilled, um, I see this beautiful creation, um, this digital art piece. And you're talking about in the caption, like, oh, the things I accomplished. <laughs> you didn't say this verbatim. Like, oh, this is what I got done on a plane ride. Like, how long was the plane ride that you got this whole, you know what I'm saying? So I, I'm like, how can you, you know, I don't know what seat you had if you were in between two people, but I, I think that's pretty cool that you can create a whole art piece on a plane ride. Who knows how long it was, but I'm like, okay, you have to be pretty, you have to be pretty decent to do something like this. Yeah. As you, like, as you practice more and more, things become quicker because your guesstimations in the beginning become more accurate. So like when you're drawing a face, the proportions that you guessed as you were doing the quick sketch to start it become like, oh, I don't have to adjust this as much anymore. And then you learn like quicker ways to blend or quicker ways to, to add the hair, or whatever's going on with your, whatever you're drawing. So just as you get more comfortable with your, the, the medium that you're drawing in, then, then it takes less time. Gotcha. So so practice makes perfect, you know, getting comfortable knowing, knowing what you're doing and, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, putting it into use. Um, I want to talk about keeping uh, on subject with uh, your artwork, um, how much emotion goes into it. And I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, I saw some of your, your pictures and uh, I'm looking at the one right now. I, I screenshotted it. Um, something like behind the smile. 
um, something like that. It was, uh, and when I edit this, I'll put this picture up on the screen for everyone to see. Mm -hmm. um, but I saw this, uh, did I even comment on it? Oh, I didn't screenshot enough to see if I commented. <laughs> but okay. um, I remember seeing this like, wow, this is, this is some, this is some real stuff. So uh, how much emotion goes into your personal art pieces? It honestly depends on the art piece. Um, sometimes I'm just, I'm like, oh, I have an idea in my head let me just get it out kind of thing. But for something like that, um, that piece I think was like a, it kind of was like a self-reflection, um, mainly from like the circumstances of the pandemic and everything that was going on. And, you know, I started feeling like I was putting on this front for everybody, like all the time, you know, every Zoom meeting or every like get together we had or whatever. It's just like, I would leave, like I would enjoy myself while I was there, but I would leave and feel empty. You know what I mean? Okay. And like, there, there are definitely, there were the points in quarantine where like you have, I'm sure that every, a lot of people has had this, like where you just had those dark days, you know, <laughs> like mentally and emotionally, you were not in a good place. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just at some point being confined like this and not being able to be like to hug people for real and, you know, and like see people and like hang out like like face to face real close and all that. Like it was just it took a toll unexpectedly on me um, because I was very active on Zoom, anything, anything Zoom I was on there to keep that social yeah. connection. But I felt like after a while I was like, I'm not happy inside. <laughs> You know, and I I felt like, and I had, I had figured out, like, I'd worked my way out of it, you know, and understood yeah. what kind of got me to that point and have been able to, honestly, I feel like I've come out a lot stronger and a lot more mentally, like, like solid, I guess, from, yeah. because of this pandemic. But I felt like that piece could resonate with a lot of people because me, I'm naturally a happy person. And for me to have gone through that, I can only imagine like other people that maybe have worse living conditions than me or aren't like, maybe they suffer from depression or anxiety or things like that. Like I could only imagine like what internal struggle they had going on through all this. So I figured it would be a good piece to, to share with others, like let them know that you're not the only one who feels like this at times. So, you know, this brings a smile to my face and I'll tell you why. Um, so a lot of, a lot of stuff that I post for the podcast on my Instagram page, um, I don't know most of these people since the pandemic, I've met through other people, just like you, um, I mm -hmm. met you through Matt. Um, mm -hmm. I just covered, a, a, a young sister in North Carolina and she made a song with the same intentions as this painting, you know, mm -hmm. and then I covered another brother in Ohio. He's not that far. So hopefully I can meet him. <laughs> you know, uh -huh. he's not far from me. I'm in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. Um, when this, if this is ever over, but he made a song like that too. And that I covered. So it's just, it's just so nice to see people in different places. Um, if anybody, you know, maybe like 50 people will watch this, maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> but it, it's, it's just reassuring to know that a lot of our friends have these emotions. Mm -hmm. um, but to see people put it into uh, creative outlets like this, this when I put it like I love this painting, like I actually love it, like I love it. And um, it, it just that's it. You know, this is how I give comments at the meeting, too. I'd be <laughs> like, uh, that's it. Um, I want to talk about another one, too. Um, this one is defeated, not destroyed. And do you remember? Oh, that? is that the, the Batman one? Yes. This, this, I'll put this okay, up. Sorry, oh, froze, you look, you look blindsided. I'm sorry. No, no, I just, I froze for a second. That's all. Okay. <laughs> so, oh, okay. 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 Yeah. Zoom. No, the problems good, yeah. of Zoom. Um, now, of course, I'll put this up for, you know, when I edit mm -hmm. it, but <clears throat> I just want to read this um, because I thought this was very interesting um, for anyone who's, uh, who wants to look at this piece. It says, defeated not destroyed, digital portrait, and procreate. Um, yes. So it's weird to hear your captions read back to you, isn't it? It is. 
All right, so this is so just hold on for the awkwardness. You know, we'll just, it'll all be over soon. All right, I decided to take a look at the flip side of being a superhero. What happens when the battle is over and they return home? Despite having won the day, the idea of their nemesis still haunts them, even when the mask is off. They may be able to save the day, but the question is, can they save themselves? You do poetry too? <laughs> Like I said, I'm 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 horrified of you because I, I don't feel qualified. Um, but even with with an art piece like that, where did you come up with this? Um, so I actually um have been part of a like a weekly Zoom meeting that was like an art based Zoom like weekly thing get together, and every week we'd have a theme, and you could do anything you want with that theme. Like it could be super like um like very literal interpretation of what they said or super abstract interpretation and the theme that week was just superheroes okay. i guess that's literally okay. all the theme was was superheroes and batman is like like those movies they're, they're one of my favorite like superhero lines like i've just enjoyed i've always watched the batman movies like from the old ones to the new ones yeah and when i was i was trying to think like Okay, what am I going to do with Batman, though? Like, I don't want this to be cliche. And I don't know. I just started, like, thinking about, like, Bruce Wayne. Like, not, not about Batman, but, like, about Bruce Wayne. And, like, I just, I, I, don't, I forget which, which of the movies it is. The one with, with Christian Bale. But um, one of them were, like, you can just see the, the torment inside him as Bruce Wayne. Like, not, mm -hmm. not as Batman, but, like, you can see that it never really leaves him like whatever whatever villain especially the joker like of all the villains like the joker how how much of a mental toll it takes on him yeah and so i decided to go with with that kind of that spin on it and i was looking up reference photos and so when i saw i saw that one of bruce wayne and then i saw the other one of the joker and i was like i know exactly what it's gonna be like i all i did was see the two reference video photos and i was like yep that's that's the piece so all right I, I got one more for you from your instagram just one more okay okay and uh and then we and then i want to ask you about one of your favorite pieces you know what mm -hmm. one of your favorite pieces now i'm going through your instagram once again um now <laughs> i just met you not too long ago mm -hmm. but it seems that you drew a picture of me <laughs> i this one is called trapped um, this is like one of the, at the very beginning of your art Instagram, I said, Hey, yo, oh. I'm like, who's this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, bro, you, you don't know how long ago I drew that. <laughs> like who's, uh, I thought it was, it looks. Honestly, I can see the resemblance. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but, <laughs> But these these are the things that you know personally appeal to me. I'm you know things that can you know uh, draw out emotion from mm -hmm. me. I like to. This is why I picked the ones I did. But something like this, um, I, I think the the picture itself speaks for itself. Um, if you can remember this, I know you just said it. It was from a long time ago. But um, where were you at with this one? So honestly. This wasn't so much like a personal struggle necessarily. Um, I was very new in, I was, this is when I was pushing myself in the digital art and I was just reference photo, reference photo, reference photo, just trying to work on doing portraits digitally. And I found this picture was just the man screaming. Like it just, it was, I, I looked up high contrast black and white pictures and I was adding color to them. So this is actually a black and white photo. Okay. that I pulled it from um, and I was working on adding my own colors to a black and white piece and um, while I was like good doing the initial sketching of it um, the idea came to me of just like I, I mean I guess I had felt like this at some point in my life before but like that feeling of you know when you're in a dream and you try to scream but you can't <laughs> kind of thing yeah and <laughs> 
trying like or you get so or like in real life when you get so frustrated because somebody just can't understand you like whatever you're trying to express is not getting to them or like no one around you is really understanding how you're feeling inside that's why i decided to add that sheet of glass in front um to feel like, like you're trapped inside like you know your own like soundproof box basically like no one can really hear you and you're trying so hard to get your voice out that it's cracking the glass but it hasn't broken like you know people it's yeah. still not still not quite reaching them even though you're doing like your hardest to reach them so it wasn't necessarily like a personal struggle but it was kind of like an idea that developed as i was as i was drawing it yeah, I think many people can relate to that. So thank you for, you know, bearing with me as I, <laughs> you know, <laughs> took you to a journey down, you know. Um, now, let, let's talk about uh, some of your favorites. Now, what were some of your favorites to uh, to create? Oh, man. That's always a hard question for me. Favorites are always a hard. I have favorites for very different reasons. Okay. Um. So the series of the watercolors that I did for the memorial last year. Um, that's one of my favorites as far as watercolor goes, because it was the first time like I had, like, I didn't have work. I didn't have like anything to worry about during that time in the year. And like, everything was closed and, you know, everybody was like on holiday because it was right when COVID had hit and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So like, I had a chance to really just, really meditate and really spend my time um envisioning jesus life before his death and so that's like a those watercolor pieces have a special place in my heart because they're the first time i was able to like feel like i expressed something in art like for jehovah you know what i mean yeah um and then the piece that is a portrait that someone asked me to do a commission for um for a sister named Haley. I feel like that is technically, like technically speaking, like as far as technical art is talking about, like one of my best pieces, like, probably the best piece I've ever done <laughs> as far as a portrait. No, it's the, it's the one with the news or the dictionary print background. Oh, I, I got one. it. I, I remember like, seeing <laughs> this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That one, I like, I don't even know how. I don't know how I did that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those, normally as an artist, like, I'll step back from a piece and feel like, oh, I could still, I could have fixed that. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I should have, I should have worked more on that. This is a piece where I don't see anything. That, wow, okay. that, there is only this piece and this dancer right here. Those are the only two pieces that I have made in the last, like, three years where I feel like they are, perfect like I, as an artist it's very hard for me to reach that point with a painting and so i'm i'm very proud of myself for this one and then for this for this flamenco dancer here that's my first acrylic painting that i've ever okay. done so like i spent like you know I, I took my time with it and like i picked a I picked an image that, and it also was reminding me of my, when I traveled and did a little bit of knee grading in Spain. So it was like kind of in capturing that entire trip in a, yeah. in a painting, so. Very nice, very nice. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is uh, is your cooking, because that that's an art. That cooking, <laughs> you know, cooking is, is an art. It is. And um, yeah. my very first Zoom interview was a uh, sister in the DMV um chef rashida shout out to chef rashida and uh you know she's a she's a personal chef and mm -hmm. um when i was talking to her you can just really see her love for cooking like she really enjoys cooking and she mm -hmm. makes her stuff looks fire like it, like I, we're <laughs> i'm a few hours away from from her and i can't pay for her services but you know i would love to just you know try all these friends different foods but um let's let's talk about your cooking because it, it's looking it's looking serious you know so <laughs> it, it looks real serious so um how did how did this come about how did this form of creativity really blossom so i actually started out as a baker 
Um, okay. I learned baking from my mom and I started learning how to decorate cakes and decorate cookies and cupcakes and all that kind of stuff. So that was like, that was my thing for the longest time was I was the baker. Someone else can cook. I'm going to bake. Mm-hmm. And then um, slowly, slowly, like once I graduated college, I started cooking. Like I used to like try to cook every once in a while for the family and like cook lunch for myself and just try things. And when I started out, it was not so good. I'm going to be honest. It was not <laughs> right. so good when I started out, you know, it's like, I never tasted as I went along or I would just follow the recipe and like, just call it a day. And yeah. you know, like, and you have embarrassing moments sometimes when you go present that food to other people and you, <laughs> no one eats it at the gathering and you're like, Oh, oh. <laughs> that's, oh, that's, all right. that's a humbling experience right there. Yeah. <laughs> so um I have a friend she's she like went to school she went to culinary school and like she she knows how to cook like she's a she's a chef chef and um she like she would teach me a thing or two you know I would go over to her house and like I would watch her cook or things like that but I never considered myself a cook and um then in when COVID happened the only (laughs) the only tv I would turn on and still to this day, it's still, if I ever watch TV, because I don't even have time to really do that much anymore. But if I watch TV, it's the cooking channel. Gotcha. And I would just, you know, any, any of them, like there was no like show that was too dumb or too like basic for me. I was like, whether it was diners, drive-ins and dives, or it was like chopped or iron yeah. chef or whatever it was. And I literally would just observe anything that I have learned to do in the kitchen has been off of the cooking channel. And then if I saw something I really wanted to get more information on, I would go Google some, some YouTube videos of it. But about 75% of my cooking skills have happened in quarantine. (laughs) That's great. Now, because yeah, a lot of, a lot of things have come out of quarantine. You know, it's not like a happy time, you know, it's a, global pandemic who wants to be in that but you know being able to you know (laughs) apply yourself to something new so what what's one of uh some of the things that you've made during uh this time period that you came out of it like wow this is really good this might be my go-to what's let's hear something let's hear what's up so i love homemade pasta i have learned how to make fettuccine i've made ravioli i've made gnocchi um I lo- like I just I love making pasta. That's I found I have a love for that. And then um I also have fallen in love with curry. I have okay. learned how to make some curries. Um one Indian curry and one Thai curry or red Thai curry. Um that like that's just been trial and error for lunch. Like I would just like, okay, let's see how this goes this time. And yeah. I finally feel like I have it down to where like every time it's consistently good now. Um and also I finally have ventured into like fancier meats i used to just be like oh just chicken or fish or pork you know and so i started i've actually made chicharrones like the dominican style i've made lamb like racks of lamb i've done multiple (laughs) types of steak now so slowly slowly we are we are expanding our abilities we're really (laughs) we're really getting into the big leagues with um, yeah Now I, I have one question. What is chich? What is chicharrones? Chicharrones. Okay, I never uh, heard of it. So what is that? Just from for my own personal. Don't make this if you ever plan on having any sort of diet. Okay. Okay. Do not. Do not. Noted. Don't. This is pork belly. All right. That has been marinated in a mix of seasonings for like hours. And you you marinate it in an uncovered pot until all of them all of it evaporates, all the water evaporates. Oh wow, wow! This, this is pork belly, okay? Yeah. And then you fry the pork belly. Oh wow, this is. Let me yeah. tell you something. It is one of the best things you will ever eat in your life, <laughs> but it is also one of the most unhealthy things you will ever eat in your life. But it's the it's the it best in the world. So good, you get that, and you get some tostones. You're set. Well, I would now. Now I never heard of this, but now I want to try it. Yes, um, you you should. Pittsburgh is incredibly uncultured. I'm sorry. <laughs> shout out to the city. Shout out to the city. 
Um, but I don't I don't know if I'm gonna find that up here to tell you the probably truth. Probably not. You could head to New York, probably. Uh-huh. Find some Dominican <laughs> spots in New York. It's Dominican. So it's, if you can find a Dominican, a Dominican spot, like an uh, authentic Dominican spot, yeah. All right, I'm gonna have to call the or plug. Or if you know a family that's Dominican, they'll be able to cook it for you. Uh, I'm gonna have to call the plugs. So uh, yeah. <laughs> uh okay. <laughs> well, uh, uh thank you for sharing that. So um I guess we're nearing the end of this. Is there anything else, uh, anything that I missed, anything that you, any words of encouragement for anybody, you know, who's a creator out there, just anything that you would like to say, any shout outs even? Um, well, one, shout out to Eight Hours because <laughs> it's our little club, Eight Hours Club. Shout That's out to the crew. Eight Hours. Eight Hours has gotten me through this pandemic more times than once then I can count. Um, but as a general, like just statement to anybody who's in anything creative, um, don't stop doing what you're doing. Like if it's music, if it's poetry, if it's photography, if it's videography, art, dance, whatever it is, don't let the circumstances of what's going around keep you out of your art for too long. Like, you don't understand the impact that your art has on other people, no matter how like small or minute or even bad you think your art is. Like, I guarantee you someone somewhere that's following on your page, that that drawing has like changed their perspective on life or that song was just what they needed to hear that day or that video touched them and, and made them cry that day, but like in a good way, mm -hmm. you know, like, artists are very important in life and there's like there's a like I think it's a very special um trait to have as as human beings and and mainly because like being made in God's image I feel like it's it's our chance to be able to feel how Jehovah felt when when he creates things like it's our it's our way to be able to exhibit the same creative qualities that Jehovah has. Like we can reflect him in that way, not just yeah. in his love or in his power or justice or anything. Like we can reflect his creative side as well in what we do. And I feel like that's just such a, it's such a privilege and like something that I cherish very much. So like there's going to be days where you don't feel like making anything and there's going to be maybe weeks where you get into a slump and there's like nothing that you do, but like, just, just don't ever stop. Don't ever give up on it. Like, because you don't know the impact that, that your heart, that your art is having on other people, because I've heard it from other people to me. And I've also experienced it from other people's art. And like, I make sure now, especially after this, this whole pandemic that we've been going through, like I make it a point to let people know when any, any creative person, I let them know when like, wow, this touched me or this, this was awesome. Keep going. Because those little words, for those of you that aren't artists, those little words, those little comments, even if it's a half a sentence, it will make the day of anybody who has posted that art, like it really keeps them going and keeps their their motivation and their drive up. So artists don't stop creating and people that aren't artists keep on motivating and supporting your friends that are artists. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. I'm going to end it there because that was, I, I don't need to say anything else. Thank you so much for being on today. Uh -huh. um, Whitney, uh, this is the Cool Hand Podcast. Something you got to deal with.